0: One old preacher was having a young evangelist come preach at his church. And he said, well, if you, if you need to practice, I usually go outside around on the other side of the hay bale, and I practice my sermon before I preach. And the young preacher said, oh, no, I never practice what I preach. <laughs> well, that, this sermon is definitely something that I've had to practice what I'm preaching today. This sermon's for me, for you, for anyone. No one's exempt. Let's go to Romans chapter 10. And I'm going to preach to you for a little while on trophies of faith. Trophies of faith. Romans 10, 12 through 17, it says, For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call unto him. In other words, there's no prejudice in the church. Someone should say amen right there. Every culture, every race has equal access to Jesus Christ. Verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Oh, thank you, Jesus. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Are you glad you have a preacher in your life? Oh, that was a shameful plug, wasn't it? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by what? Faith cometh by what? And hearing by the word of God. The original language for the word there when it says word of God is rhema, which means when you hear the word preached and you hear the anointing of God on the word of God, it will speak a rhema word to your life. And a rhema word means a right now word, a word that fits your life right now. That's why we can preach a message that I've prepared today. And believe me, this this is not leftovers. I cooked it well, okay? I put a thermometer in the chicken. It's all right. No salmonella when we leave here. It's a joke in our house. But I want you to know that this well-prepared sermon may be prepared by the human mind and heart in a desire to minister to the people of God. But when the word of God gets anointed by God and his spirit sweeps in here, it starts to speak a word. And I've had people come up after service and said, how, how did you know? what I was going through and I'm like I didn't know I just did one of these I just smiled and said thank you Jesus because a rhema word hit their heart and they walked away going truly God knows where I am right now because he gave me a right now word amen and their faith is exalted and they look back on that moment and they say those are moments where God showed me he's in my life Amen. Hebrews 4 and 2. I know we're standing. That's all right. I'm going to stand the rest of the service for you. So you'll be able to sit down in just a minute. Hebrews 4 and 2, unless you need to, of course, but for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. Everyone say profit, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. We need to mix faith with it. Amen. Amen. And that's where I want to stop. I'll pick up another few passages of scripture as we preach today. Lord, bless the hearing and the receiving and the doing of your word. Not hearing it in faith only, but doing your word. Bless it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. You may be seated in the Lord's house. Hallelujah. Gospel, we know, is the good news of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The gospel was delivered delivered unto us. When you have something delivered to your house, you don't have to go looking for it. You know it's yours. It's been given to you. So the gospel has been delivered unto the church. Amen. We have the power to then notice it, see it, believe in it, have faith for it, and walk through the the gospel message, the good news of Jesus Christ. And so in those, I don't know, those feelings and that, that sentiment, I want to talk to you for a little while about the things that we call the big moments of our life, the big moments of faith where we have kind of like a trophy in the trophy case, and we walk over and we look at those things in the memories of our life and heart throughout our days. And when we have moments of low faith, we walk over and get the trophy case uh, open and we get out a rag and we start polishing up those trophies of faith. You know what I'm talking about? The ones where God stepped in in just the right amount of time. And and we're like, he did it once before. He can do it again. You, you know, we say things like that, and we're like, this, this is what God has done for me. Do you see my trophy of faith? Do you see where he worked in my life? And, and we'll leave the polishing rag there close, because maybe there's going to be another moment where we need to come back and remind ourselves that God moves, and God works, and God belie- and when we believe in him, God will do great things. Amen? But I want you to understand something today and it's, it's a revelation that I've lived on for a while but it's a revelation that kind of feels fresh this morning and that is that we read in the scripture that faith comes by what? And hearing by what? So faith comes By hearing the word of God, that's why your pastor calls you when you're two weeks out of church and I'm like, hey, how's it going? Love you. Where you at? How you doing? Because I know when you are living life, you are spending your faith level. And so when you're spending your faith level and you're not in the house of God or you're not getting in the word, I don't know maybe your personal life, but I know here is where faith is given out and here is where we experience the word of God. So I know for sure if you're not here, you're missing the chance to charge up your faith, amen? And so we need to live in a way that understands that pastor's not dogging anybody, but he's actually trying to make sure you're in an environment where you're hearing faith because faith comes by the hearing of the word but faith does not stand on the hearing of the word for we understand in scripture that Paul wrote to the Corinthians that I did not come to you in excellency of speech or in the wisdom of men but I came unto you in the demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost that your faith may stand in the demonstration and in the power of God So I have people come to me sometimes as a pastor say, Pastor, I've been living for God for this many years, or I've been serving God for this many years, but just lately I've felt confused, or I've felt like I can't quite find my faith. And I've been back to the trophy case again and again, and I've polished up those same old uh, beautiful moments that I've had with God, but for some reason, where faith comes from, hearing the word of God on Sunday, I'm getting faith, but I'm not able to stand right now. I don't feel like I'm strong enough to stand in my faith. And the reason why is because the antagonist of our soul is trying to sever the communication between heaven and earth, between man and maker, because if he can eliminate the demonstrative power of God, the demonstration of God in our life, then he eliminates the place where our foundation is, where our faith can stand. In other words, the manifestation of God in our midst is the foundation of our faith faith This is not a rewarmed sermon from our last series. I promise you that you have to understand that whenever I'm living for God and when I'm walking with God, there are going to be moments where I need to stand on my faith. And if I have no power or demonstration of God lately, if I have not seen God move lately, standing at the trophy case will not encourage me enough. It will not remove out of my life the pains and the worries and the struggles of everyday living. There's things that come against us that we have to understand Understand, Our faith is meant to combat that. But the Bible tells us, as I read to you, that the word of God did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith in those that heard it. The word profit is very important there because profit is not just the transaction. When the word of faith comes forward, then we leave here and we run into struggle or we run into relationship trials or we run into different kind of disharmonies in our personal lives or in things that are going on in our lives. Those are the moments of transaction where we spend our faith to believe God for better. Amen, somebody but in that transaction we have to understand that the word of God even mixed with our faith it comes to us and builds us up and and charges us up but when we go into work on Monday someone may be difficult to work with someone may be a grace builder anybody have any grace builders in your life and so you take hits in your faith it costs you something in your faith and you begin to move down in the charge level of your faith and while you're doing that you have to understand that God God is wanting to build you up through his presence and through prayer and through time spent in his presence in the demonstration and the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen, somebody. And so I'm thankful in the overall experiences that I've had of God that in the record of my life, I have a trophy case of beautiful things that God has done for me. But I cannot live on the past. Amen, somebody. Because we need a right now word from God. We need a word that fits our day today and tomorrow and takes us into our future and designs our destiny. Amen. Amen. So I know that whenever I'm looking at the experiences of my life and the ways that I have, it costs me something, that I realize that I'm paying out faith every single day in the transactions of life. And when I add up all of my assets of faith and I look at all of my liabilities to my faith, what's left over after those transactions is the profit. Amen. So what he's trying to say in the Word of God is it's not just that you have faith to go into your week for next week. It's not that you just have faith for your children that are lost to be saved or your family members to come to God. It's not just that. It's that whenever you get done with all of your liabilities and when you're at the point of having looked through everything in your life that pulls faith out of you and just tries to suck everything, of every bit of joy out of your life, when you get done with that, do you have faith Left over? Is there something left for you to dance on, to worship God with, to lift your hands in the house of God with? Do you have faith left over? Because when you mix faith with the word, it gives you a charge up. But when you walk into some of the situations that are so messed up in our world, some of the family breakdown that we're seeing now and the deconstruction, as I've, I've already said before, of the family and the home, we see so much mess that sometimes our faith can get so brought low that we have to be full of faith when we leave here. We have to be full of the power of God. We have to be full of the things of God so that when we walk back into this church, we're not just dragging our spiritual man back in here, but we're coming back in and going, I've got some of my battery left. I've got some spiritual charge left. I have some ability to come in instead of having the worship team and the worship leader. They are a worship leader. They lead us into worship. Thank God for that. But we can come in sometimes and say, I've already got to pray on my lips. I've already got a joy in my heart. I've already got an opportunity to worship God before the first song. When we open in prayer, there's something in your heart that says, I want to worship God already. Amen, somebody. And so, yes, we have an antagonist of our soul. And the spirit of that Antichrist is in this earth, and he is creating greater and greater spirit of a greater and greater spirit of accusation and of lack of faith but lucifer and his holy horde are preoccupied with something even greater and that is not his interest in your trophy case that is not his interest in the things that god has done for you as much as we'd like to say it and as much as we like to celebrate it i'm thankful for what god has done for me I'm thankful for the times when God stepped in, and I wouldn't be here today if it had not been for the Lord. And I know some of you have that same story. I have trophies I can talk about. I have trophies that, <laughs> that maybe you don't have. And, and some of you have some really cool stories, and I don't try to glorify any sin in the house of God. But I want you to know when you walk away from God and you've come back to Him, you have some stories to tell. And your testimony may seem stronger, but the greatest testimony is the one that said, I have all the trophies of purity in my life, where I didn't walk away from God, where I don't have everything that the world had, and I said, no, they're right. I don't, That doesn't satisfy. Where you haven't satiated every single worldly lust, but you've lived with trophies of purity in your life and holiness and things that 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 don't damage you, and you can walk to that case and get encouragement from it. And I have trophies where I have felt God tell me to do things and not to do things, impress me. And, and I, I'm so thankful for those. I, I'm so thankful for pulling up to 164 in Waukesha and the light turning green. And as I went to step on the pedal, I felt something literally go, wait. And a huge roofing truck, one of those trucks that are separate with the huge ladder, just <laughs> right through the intersection. He lost, yeah, I know it sounds funny, but Sorry. That's my sound effects coming out. I'm a boy. I have to have sound effects. And it drove right through the intersection. And I was in a little Chevy Cavalier. I would have gone to see Jesus, folks. Literally. And it's the first time I've ever felt oppressing. Where the power of God demonstrated in my life. You see, my trophies are not just the moments I believed, but if I ask any of you, where was your faith strong? What does your faith stand on? Most of you would take this microphone, and you would take me to a moment in time where God demonstrated himself in your life. You won't take me to a moment where maybe you were at an altar, and you just said, Lord, I choose you over this world. Lord, I do this, or I do that. It wasn't maybe the moment when you decided, or when the faith came from the word of God, and it hit your heart, and you were standing and going I believe that word that's my story what that preacher's preaching I've come from there and I lived it and I've succeeded and I've come out of this world maybe that's not necessarily where it's at but when I take the microphone to each one of you and say tell me a story of where you were ready to give up and God turned it around for you and you felt your faith rise and stand up inside your heart you'll say I remember whenever we were on a road and the car crashed and we didn't have any hope and someone pulled me out of that wreckage and they took me to the hospital And they mended me and they said, We've got some x rays. We're going to go in and look what kind of surgeries we need to do. And the pastor came or somebody came and prayed. And when they came back, they said, We got to take more x rays. And when they took them back in and took more x rays, they have the bones broken here. They have the prayer happening here and the demonstration of the power of God. Then they took x rays again and they said, We don't know how it happened, but now those bones are not broken. I'm telling you, the demonstration and power of the Holy Ghost is where our faith stands. And if you fall away from God, it's not because there's not good word being preached. It's not because you don't have a good devotion every morning. It's because you're not seeing the demonstration and the power of God in your life. It's the demonstration of God that makes your faith stand up and makes you believe God for even more things. It's not just the trophies of faith, but the trophies of faith are linked to something, and it should be the demonstration and the power of God. I'm not a very secretive person. Almost everything that happens in my life, I end up telling somebody sooner or later. It drives my wife batty. She's like, can we ever have a private moment? And I'm like, well. just something in my brain goes, have a party and invite everybody to it. This is a party of faith. That's what my brain says. And so my wife will look at me sideways every once in a while and go, okay, share, but don't share all, you know. And we were, we were at Man Up this week, and a bunch of the guys were sharing stories. And as we were going around the room, each one that shared a story about investing in eternal things, I noticed almost every one of them shared a story about where God demonstrated himself in their life. That is where we anchor, folks. Those are the trophies we should celebrate. You can't walk to your past victories and get enough faith and enough power for what the Lord has to do next in your life. And that's what the enemy is after. He doesn't care about how much we know. He doesn't even care about how much faith we have right now. What he's interested in doing is breaking the connection with the power and the demonstration of God in our life because that's where our faith stands. Both the Bible and the record of our race shows us that there are people and examples of men and women all throughout scripture that rest on the relationship that they have with God and even those that stand above the rest and in the masses that disappear into the halls of history, The difference between those two groups are the fact that if you have the heroes of faith on one side and others who just live their faith on the other side, the signal difference was the demonstration of the power of God in their life. The people that we talk about today, the people that we read about in the word of God are people that let God demonstrate himself in their life and their faith stood upon it. Amen. It was Adam who was saw the demonstration of God in his life in, in the garden. It was Noah at a post-arc altar that saw the demonstration of God. It was Enoch that was translated. He got out of the, the circus of life, just born, live, die. And he said, no, for he was not, for the Lord took him, the Bible says. And Abraham in the plains of Mamre saw the demonstration of God. And Jacob at Luz and Jabbok, a bunch of fun names in the Old Testament, Luz and Jabbok, I think is how you say that. He had the demonstration of Moses at a fire-burning bush that didn't get consumed. Does anybody know why that happens? Because when the eternal shows up in time, wherever the eternal is, stops time. Amen? That God who is eternal will show up And because he was in the fire, it takes time for fire to burn. And because he's eternal, he arrested the process of time where he was. You see it with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Whenever they were thrown into the fire, there was a fourth man in the fire. That's why they came out not smelling like smoke or being singed. Because when the eternal steps in, fire cannot burn you. In other words, when God takes you into the fire, he will not let you go there alone. And when he steps in, there's something eternal that happens. There's a demonstration of the power of God that happens, and you will forever be changed. But those trophy moments are good for yesterday and good for building your faith. But you've got another fire headed your way, and you've got another moment where you need God to step in. And so you need faith today. You need to believe God for not only the past, but you need to believe God for what's coming in your future. Amen? We need the demonstration of God. So he met with Pharaoh, Moses did, and then he was leading a band of mostly itinerant folks. They walked out, they walked into Egypt broke and they came out rich. Amen, somebody. Egypt is a type of the world. And they went through the cloud and they went through the water to get out. The cloud is representative of the Holy Ghost. And the water is representative of baptism. The Bible gives us the gospel that I started with today. And you have to understand the gospel is not just the good news. It's our deliverance out of Egypt. It's our way out of the world. It's our way out of the troubles and the trials and the difficulties. And he did it supernaturally for them. And the Bible tells us it's given to us as an example. What they lived in the natural is an example to us in the spiritual. So what it tells me is God wants to show up in the power of his spirit. And God wants to show up in the power of his name in baptism. Amen, somebody. God wants to do great things in our life and there's always going to be a demonstration of power. And Pharaoh got a little bit crazy and decided he was going to chase down the people of God and rode his chariots, his 600-plus chariots. It says 600 choice chariots, and a few others, and and many others. I'm sure it was quite a sight to see Pharaoh coming after them. I'm sure they were full of fear. They even told Moses, why did you bring us out here? Was there not enough, is there no graves in the wilderness? Is that why you wanted us out here? You should have left us there to be servants. When Pharaoh realized his workforce had left, he went after them. But when he crossed into the water... When the Lord rolled back the waves, the water, and dried the land for the Israelites to kick clods of dirt across the Red Sea, when when Pharaoh decided they can walk on it, I'm going to drive on it, what he was doing was he was tampering with the salvation message of God. If Moses had gone through the water and come out the other side, Moses would have had Pharaoh gone through the water and come out the other side. Moses would have had to shake his hand and call him brother because he just walked through the typification of water baptism. In other words, God could not let the armies of Pharaoh go through the foreshadowing of what represented baptism. So he put the cloud in front of them and made darkness stay in front of them while the people crossed the cross on the other side. Everyone say the demonstration of God. It was a demonstration of God that saved them. And so then we see that whenever Moses stretched forth the rod, that the waters came back. And we know that God caused their wheels to run heavy. But even though they were the mightiest army of those days, God was greater, amen? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. No matter how great the army, no matter how great the battle, no matter how great the opposition, God has put inside of us his spirit. And his spirit is great. Greater than anything else in this world. And so I'm grateful that I can stand and say, my God still demonstrates himself in my life. I'm glad I can say that there's a God who shows up when I need him. Amen. Because I want his demonstration in my life. So leading the mostly, the millions of people, they say some say one million Israelites, others say close to three million people in the Canaan. Moses did it all in the demonstration of God. Yeah, he got angry once, but I'm not gonna talk about that right now. Joshua saw the demonstration of God in his life in the shadow of Jericho. And while walking around fortified walls, everyone say it's crazy. Everyone say that's crazy. That's crazy. <clears throat> I'll avoid a VeggieTales reference right now. Won't you join me in my irritating little song? They're walking around the walls. Oh, that's a great idea. Okay, I'm, I'm referencing VeggieTales. Look at me go. Let's reverse that. Samson, at the pagan pillars of a heathen temple, saw the demonstration of God. Deborah in the Valley of Jezreel. That's an interesting story. Read that one on on your free time. Elijah at the summit of Mount Carmel. Elisha as as bones at the bottom of an open grave. Saul saw the demonstration among the prophets. David with a bear, a lion, and Goliath. Because you see, your trophies are what gives other people faith to believe in you. But the demonstration and the power of God is what gives you the ability to take down Goliath. David got permission from Saul to take on Goliath. Not because he said, is there not a cause? but because he showed him his trophy case. He said, I've gotten a bear by the demonstration of the power of God, and I've taken down a lion by the demonstration of the power of God. When they came against my flocks and this uncircumcised Philistine, God will do the same thing. God was in that slinger's sling, amen? Some say that he took four more stones for Goliath's other brothers in Gath, but I think he was just concerned that he doesn't miss. Sometimes you have to take a few extras with you. You might have faith in God, but, but back it up with some, some help, amen? One person said, study like there's no anointing and preach like there's nothing but the anointing. Sometimes you just have to, I have sermon references, sorry. I have preacher references because I'm a preacher. Isaiah at the death of Uzziah saw the demonstration of power of God. Jeremiah in a dungeon saw the power and demonstration of God. Ezekiel by the river Shabar. Shadrach in a furnace of fire. I've already hit that one. Daniel in the lion's den. Habakkuk at the top of a tower of faith. Jonah in the belly of a whale at the bottom of a sea. God's first submarine, amen? He's the best engineer on the planet. I'll make a fish that can float you somewhere. Jesus got him a return ticket back to, to where he needed him to be. And then when Jesus showed up, he did miraculous ministries on the earth, and he said, greater works than these shall ye do in the demonstration, and then the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? It flowed into the upper room in an infant church. It spilled out into the streets, and men saw them speaking with tongues and said, who are these men? How do they know my language? And there was a demonstration of the power of God, and many were added to the church. In fact, it said in 3,000 were added to the church. And in fact, I want to tell you that what brings people to God and what brings people and adds them to the church is not just our faith, but the demonstration of the power of God. Amen. So we're sitting at Man Up and, and Nate starts talking about something and he, he goes, when we went to North American Youth Congress, one of the preachers was a prophet and he gets up and he says, God's going to do miracles in this room tonight. And we all began to believe for it. We all began to, our faith was lifted and we were seen." we were seeing great moves of god we were just feeling god so powerfully and then when we got done with that night someone had gotten out of a wheelchair someone had taken their back brace off someone had removed an acl knee brace and tossed it on the platform he told that preacher told stories where he was in i believe it was ethiopia and it could have been Nigeria, I'm not sure exactly where it was at, but he was in a preaching seminar and they had brought in all the sick and laid them along the altar and put them in in between him who he's preaching to and, and the pulpit and they just laid them all out and as he began to preach, the power of God and the demonstration of God fell on the place and he said one after another started getting up, being healed. People that were in crippled beds, they stood up and began to dance and shout and walk. And this was book of Acts kind of stuff that was happening and when he he began to share these stories. Of course, our faith began to lift, and we began to believe God for the demonstration and the power of God. And before we got done with that night, there were back braces on the pole, on the platform. There was empty wheelchairs. There were people that had torn ACLs and their knee restored and they were dancing around the room. I know what's that what that's like because I have that same trophy in my trophy case. Because when I walked into an Alaska camp meeting as an 18-year-old boy, I was coming in. It was a little bit younger. I think he's 16, whatever. I'm not real good with numbers. You know that. So anyways, I'm going to go with, I was walking into the camp meeting and I came in on crutches. I'd been out of surgery only two weeks, only two weeks on a major reconstruction on my right knee. The doctor had to put a hundred, well, they charged me 110,000. I tell people I'm walking on a Porsche. That's what I tell people. $110,000 in my right knee. I could not put weight on it. When I came into the service that night, my sister had, been away from the Lord and I saw her she came to the service and she was sitting over away from me a little ways and I said and I started seeing the Lord move on her and I started to see her weep and break down in the presence of God and I said Lord if you'll help me I need to go over there and I want to pray for my sister if you'll help me I'll get up and I'll walk over there because I couldn't get to my crutches there are people all around us and I put them underneath the pew I've got this trophy in my trophy case and I still get emotional about it and I stood up and when I wasn't supposed to be able to put weight on that leg, Leg, something happened. I felt a tingling go through my body and I felt a healing warmth in my leg. And I walked over to my sister and just began to pray for her. And the power of God began to demonstrate and move. And I felt God do something great. And I left there and I went down to the altar and I just began to dance before the Lord. I'm talking about a, a knee that I couldn't put weight on. I never went back to those crutches. In fact, I don't even know where those crutches went. I carried them out of there that night. And I have run mountain marathons on that same knee in Alaska Alaska. hello somebody, you don't get an ACL torn up like that and go running mountains, it doesn't happen. And when I told my doctor, he said, maybe you should pick up biking. That was his faith. He said, maybe you should start biking. I said, no, thank you. I like the serenity of being on top of a mountain. I'll keep running on the knee that God healed me with. I've never had problems with that knee again. I have problems now with the other knee. (laughs) I'm praying for that one. Hopefully that one will shape up too. But those are the demonstration moments of God. It's not just a trophy of faith. It's a place where Jesus did it. And he can do it again. And even in the, when the enemy comes and, and tries to attack my faith, and I feel low in my faith, I just have to rise up in my spirit and say, I've got something to stand on. I've got the demonstration and power of God to stand on. He said, I will give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over every and all power of the enemy, and there shall no, by no means anything harm you. There is an ability that in, the enemy has. The power of the devil is ability, but the power of the church is authority. Amen. We have authority over it. And I didn't know much more than just pray, but I prayed and God healed me. And when the enemy and the adversary of our soul tries to arrest us and oppress us and depress us and hold us and harass us and harangue us and everything else he tries to do, yes, he may have the ability to do so, but we can rise up in our spirit and say, I'm a child of God. I don't have to live under the weight of all of these things. I can take authority over the enemy. I can take power and authority into my life in the name of Jesus. And I can take hold of every thought and capture it and throw it down to the excellency of Christ. If it doesn't exalt Christ, if that thought doesn't build up Christ in my life, I take a hold of it and I cast it out, amen? I have authority to change things in my life because of the name of Jesus and his cross. And someone said amen. So many personal stories you have and so many that I have. I love sitting down with people and say, how did you get here? How did did your walk with God lead you to this point? And they'll tell me about where their faith came from. It was a grandma or grandfather or maybe it was somebody in your life that prayed for you as a friend and brought you to the church. But that's not where you're going to be able to sustain yourself. No matter where you came from, you gotta get a walk with God on your own. Every single individual that stands in their faith is a first generation Christian. Amen? In fact, I believe that We ought to be Pentecostal. Every generation ought to have a demonstration and power of God in their life. Amen? Doesn't matter how difficult it gets. I know I've used up our time here today, but I want you to hear me when I tell you, if you halted in here, if you walked in here with struggles in your life or in a family's life, or maybe you've shed tears over someone who you know that's a friend that's really going through some very difficult moments, God can use those moments if we will let him demonstrate himself in our life. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together. He will work. He will move. In us, he'll move on us, for us, through us. I'm not afraid of moments of drought and moments of wilderness because I know that God somehow is going to use it in my life there's some men that came down into the valley and they were intending just to steal the cattle of Ephraim. Maybe you know this story. And they were going to just take it, but the boys of Ephraim were there and they, instead of taking, they fought back and the boys and the beasts were lost. And Ephraim and his turmoil had his brothers come and try to console him. And it was an indescribable heartache. You can see it in the scriptures. And he was treated into the consolement and the consolation of his wife's arms. And God miraculously performed a beautiful provocation in his life and gave him a son. And his son was named Beriah, which means that son of sorrow, son of my sorrows. And in those days, the name meant a lot. The name that you gave to a child was something that they had to live up to and be. But in about 39 chapters later, there's tucked in a little space of Scripture that maybe nobody sees, but there's a truth that elbows its way out. And it says that the son that was born in sorrow, the Scripture says he rose up and he drove out. The descendants of Gath. The thing that was born in Ephraim's worst moments was actually the thing that was the salvation of his people. And I want you to hear me when I tell you that these moments of trophies that I'm talking about, these trophies of faith in our life, they may not be the best moments of our life. They may be the difficult times and the places where God got us through but you need an extraordinary experience with God every single day. The enemy is trying to disconnect you from your next breakthrough. He doesn't care about what you experienced previously, Carly. He doesn't care about what you know of the word of God. He doesn't even care about how strong your faith is right now. He wants to disconnect you from God so that you do not get the next demonstration of God in your life. So as a preacher, whenever we have okay Sundays or we have great Sundays or we have magnificent Sundays every single time I'm I'm waiting for God to do the next demonstration of his power I'm waiting for him to do something amazing and miraculous second Thessalonians 2 1 through 3 it says let no man deceive you by any means for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Go to the next verse, if you would. In this scripture, it actually tells us that there's going to be a falling away. And that we are not to be deceived, that in the days when Jesus comes, there's going to be a falling away. I don't know if you saw the viral post this week of the lead singer of the band Skillet who is merenguing his entire Christian community. But what he's calling people to is an authentic walk with God again. I didn't get a chance to read all of it, but I do know that what he's talking about is he wants to see the demonstration of God in people's life. He wants to know where are you standing? Why do you think you can walk away from God and take people with you and influence and use the words of Jesus to do it he said these people are sinking into an ocean of sin and triumphing the fact that they think they found a better way and they're using the words of Jesus be good to one another love your neighbor those are Jesus's words you can't walk away from God and use the words of Jesus to do it he said where is the church going today Where are we going if we don't have the demonstration and the power of the Holy Ghost? Where are we headed? Is it just the great thinkers of the day that's gonna lead us? Is it just the people that that seemingly have it all together? Because whether you know it or not, we are all human, and we all have mistakes. We all have problems, amen? And I could pile up a whole pile of insecurities on this pulpit, and you wouldn't listen to me again. But if I knew all of your insecurities, I may not talk to you again. We all have problems, amen? Because I'm not the kind of person that thinks that we don't have problems. But even David said in the Psalms, anoint me with fresh oil. Because no matter how pure the oil of anointing is, it breaks down and it deteriorates and it stinks over time. And if we're living over 1980s anointing, if we're living over trophies in our trophy case that we keep polishing up, but it's old anointing, we need fresh oil in this house every single Sunday. We can't live on our trophies of faith. We gotta live on a new demonstration of God or we become like people who said, I don't need him anymore. I want where he took me, but I'm not interested in living in Jesus anymore. Go read the article yourself if you need to. But I tell you, I close with this. We need the demonstration and the power of God. So as we were gathered together as men, we started sharing stories, and we went to this big youth congress, and we were standing there, and they were going to take an offering. I shared this with the men. And the Lord gave me a number. And that number, you know, (laughs) I'll tell you, I'm not a rich pastor, that's for sure. I'm feeling like I need to go get an Uber job on the side. But that number had too many zeros behind it. And I leaned over to my wife and I said, they were taking a sacrificial offering for missions and none of it was staying it was all to go to missions to boy's lighthouse ranch it was going to to an orphanage it was going to missions overseas they were going to buy missionaries vehicles so they could drive in and preach the gospel stay with me stay with me and so i leaned over to my wife and thank god for a spiritual wife i said is the lord talking to you about a number and she goes yes and she told me the number and it was the same number and i was like oh yeah that's great <laughs> that's powerful and then she said and the Lord told me not to check our bank account before we give it and I'm like well that's a problem and so she stepped out and did the digital giving because she couldn't get Wi-Fi in the place and she came back and she said it's done and she showed me the thank you and I'm like okay all right." no more eating out for a while, no more, you know, all of this stuff. And I'm thinking through my head all the bills that I'm gonna move around or what we're gonna do. And and then last Friday night we went out with some very special people. They don't attend this church. We've just had the chance to minister into their family. At the end of the night, they handed a card to us. And then the card was a gift. For half the amount we had given we can do it to the demonstration and the power of God if you will ask God in faith he will demonstrate himself in your life he will do something so miraculous and so yeah here's my brain going okay we can handle half the amount but instead I just said no Lord I'm just going to believe you for the rest of it somewhere you're going to make it happen If you give it to him, if it's his will, it's his bill. You've heard that before. And so God has blessed us. And we were able to give and then see God demonstrate himself. And that happened, and it wasn't comfortable. Hello, somebody. It wasn't comfortable. But God did it. And that money doesn't come to me. It goes to missions. So he took care of it. In other words, he's seeing a missionary that needs a vehicle. He's seeing an orphan that needs a home and through us he provided for them he demonstrated himself for somebody else through the demonstration in my life that is what you live on that is where god shows up is a double demonstration of the power of god where he uses you to change somebody else's life amen let me pray over you jesus use somebody for a power and a demonstration like they could not orchestrate in a way that changes lives, in a way that changes hearts, in a way that makes somebody go, truly God heard my prayer. How would they know unless God told them, God's done it again and again and again in my life, but he's doing it not just for me, but he's doing it to demonstrate through me, to somebody else, Jesus Christ. And I pray that relationship strength, I pray that faith in this place, I pray that our faith stands on the demonstration and the power of God today. In Jesus' precious name. And everybody said amen. Amen. I, of course, want to open the altar, take a moment to pray. Maybe you can ask the Lord. Lord, would you demonstrate yourself in my life? But right now, let's make a moment of faith in this room. Let's make a moment where we say thank you, Jesus, for the demonstrations you've done. And thank you, Jesus, for the power that you're going to demonstrate in our life. I'm looking for the next miracle, the next blessing. I want to go ahead and praise God in advance for the next demonstration of the power of God. In a moment, things can change with God. Why don't you lift your hands and just thank him for his next blessing, for his next miracle thanking him that he's going to leave a connection between you and his resource, that he's not going to not hear you, but he's going to hear you and he's going to answer. Thank you, Jesus, for the power that we feel in this place. Thank you, God, for the anointing that we feel. God, do your work in each one of us. I pray in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name in Jesus name the altars open for prayer if you need it i think we all should take a moment of prayer if you need to go we understand your schedule is 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 upon you but let's come and pray and let's not just stop at the trophy case but let's ask god to show us a new demonstration of power and anointing in our life in jesus name